Hey, Michael, this is Tony Taylor calling from uh, White Rock, BC, Canada. Hi, Michael, it's Dawn Berry from Sunridge, Ontario, Canada. Just wanted to touch in and let you know how much I really enjoyed being on your podcast, The Tangled Mind. It was an amazing opportunity to be able to share with your audience, to be able to share with you and to uh, collaborate. And when we do that, it makes a big difference to somebody somewhere in the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast, a platform that I'm providing people with mental health issues or even family members to come along, talk about whatever they want, whenever they want, and see if we can help other people out from all around the world. Welcome back to another episode of the Tangled Mind Podcast. On today's show, we've got Abby. Abby is somebody that has suffered in the past with an eating disorder. Um, she's going to be talking to us about her journey and how she's overcome objections in life and ob- certain obstacles. So here goes. Hi, Abby. How are you? Hi, Michael. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just for the listener, do you just want to introduce yourself and just a little bit about who you are and what it is you do? Okay. Um, hi, guys. I'm Abby Marcher. I'm I'd say a marketer, but I technically have a community, a support community for female entrepreneurs. So that's pretty much what I do. And to get to this point, I've tried different things. I was in tech, did not work out for me, just too mentally draining. So I had to switch and I found what I really wanted to do. So one of the things that um, when you reached out to me on Facebook about a week and a half ago, something yeah. like that, um, Obviously, you reached out and said that you wanted to share your story about um, yes. eating disorder and body dis- uh, disorder and body dysmorphia. Do you want to? Yes. Wh- when did that start for you? What? Just explain to the listeners. Obviously, first off, what it what it meant for you. Okay, so um, I I cannot directly like like um, I think of the exact time it started, but I can think of what what made it very obvious, which was a documentary which was completely on its own, like a very normal situation. So the, the documentary said that a human being can survive for three days without eating. And just like a perfectly normal sentence, except I took it a, a, a different direction of that. If I could eat a lot for the first day, and I could spend the next two and a half, almost three days without eating. And that means I could just eat a lot at once and I could lose weight faster. So it's, it was pretty like innocent enough. So that we just... Make, making up a diet plan for myself. That was that was the beginning. I didn't think it was going to get that bad um, until I realized I could not go three days. And so I kept trying harder and harder and harder. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. Then I realized that this might be an issue. Okay. So when you realized it started to be an issue, how did that make you feel like mentally and, and physically? I tried. Um, eating the three days, three meals a day sort of thing, but it did not quite work out the way I thought it would. I, I would end up forgetting to eat, or sometimes I'd be hungry, but not really, because just the sight of food or the smell of food just, nope. So I had no appetite. I knew I had to eat. Then I kept coming up with alternatives to food, like um, fruits all the time and drinking lots of water. So I figured if I cannot eat, then just eat fruits and drink water. And then that did not work out either. So I, I kept 
uh, I kept trying to come up with alternatives to make myself eat. Um, I had read somewhere that fruits could could um, could improve your your could make you could make you eat. So I, I thought maybe if I eat lots of fruits, that would bring back my appetite. That did not work out either. It just made me feel more nauseous. And then I had I used to have a full mirror, so I would look at the mirror and I would, what I how I pictured myself in my head, and that person in the mirror. They were just not on the same level. So it's like a push and pull, because on one hand, I want to, I want this to match what I'm seeing. Um, what what's in the mirror to match what it's in my head. On the other hand, I want to eat because I, I love food a lot. So I want to eat, but I cannot eat. And and at some point eating was exhausting. Like, you know, it takes a lot to chew food sometimes. Like I you know chewing it once or twice is over and over, and that's so exhausting. Yeah. So at some point the idea of chewing food just I had no energy for that. So when, obviously, you just touched on then that it got to a point that when you was looking in the mirror, what you thought you was going to see wasn't what you no, did see. <laughs> um, just for the listeners, do you want to just explain what body dysmorphia is? Okay. So the way I understand is body dysmorphia is when you're very unhappy with your body. You want to change it. It's not quite right. That, that's not like a very healthy definition. But at that point, it was like my body was wrong. It, I, I wanted it to change and I tried really hard to make it change, but it did not. Um, I, had, I, had, I had tried everything from um, this audio sound that apparently stimulates getting a bigger bust that did not work out. Um, I had tried binders to get myself a flatter chest. It did not work out either. So body dysmorphia is when you're so unhappy with your body that you're constantly trying to change it in usually unhealthy ways. When, when for you then, the more the body dysmorphia, how, how old was you when that started? Because there's a lot of people in the world that obviously are going through a similar sort of thing and they feel like they're on their own. So for them to be able to listen to this podcast and realise, you know what, I'm not on my own. I now know what it is. What sort of age was you when you realised when when the body dysmorphia started for you um 17 18 around that and it went on till 23 so it went on for a, a good number of years then yeah it did it did and, and what did you do to sort of overcome the 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 body dysmorphia what did you go to therapy how did it work for you oh i could not go to therapy um for two reasons um one I was I was in I was in high school. That's why I was in university then. So I just could not imagine how I would go to the hospital clinic and tell somebody I hate my body. Like how would I bring that conversation? Number one, um, number two, it seemed like it was I was being dramatic. To imagine, like you're telling yourself you're being dramatic, it'll it'll pass. It came by itself. It could go. So I could not go for therapy. Um, and I I didn't even know who I would who who I would even go to in the first place. Like would I go to a clinic? I go to a doctor like how would you treat me in the first place so um i had to sort of like self-help yourself so and and it's it's it all came down to me like i had tried everything it did not work out and so it was like accepting defeat um not in a positive way more more like you know what no matter how hard i try it will never happen fine i'm 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 ugly i'm unappealing my body is weird i'm gonna accept that as it is and move on 
So it was, it was, it was not like a very healthy exception, um, acceptance, to be honest. It's, thinking back on it, I was kind of miserable. So it's just like, I have tried everything, it did not work. My only option here is a surgery, which I cannot afford. And how would I ever bring that up to my parents in the first place? Like, mommy, I need money for a surgery. So I couldn't imagine how I would bring that up. So it was just like, okay, I have failed. <sighs> you win, I have failed. Just let it be. So with regards to your your family, your friends and things yeah. like that, how how did they take it when... I'm assuming you did speak to them, they, and they obviously you went through, or did you not? Yeah. So, um, so right now I'm Nigerian. I'm currently in Kenya alone. I have no relative whatsoever here. So none of my no, none of my family or friends had any idea because I'm just here alone. So I couldn't bring that up to them. And and the typical African culture, the typical Nigerian culture is, how do you bring this up in the first place? How do I even talk about it? Like. Yeah, I'm not sure. That's why I thought I was being dramatic. I, I don't. I, it just seemed like I was, I was trying to get attention. At least that's what my head was telling me. But I know I wasn't. I know I couldn't eat. And then I figured if I told them I couldn't eat, they would just tell me go eat something. Yeah. So with, with regards to your parents and things like that, do they not know about obviously everything? So no idea. No idea, just on my own. <laughs> just on your own. Well, uh, to to say that you yeah. went you went through it from obviously a young age and you you had what several years of, of uh, suffering yeah. and not liking the way you looked and things like that. It, it's yeah. it, it's remarkable that you, you've done everything on you've done you've done amazing being able to get through it on your own and do everything. <laughs> No, you, you you have. At the end of the day, for for uh, anybody to go through things like that on their own and not feel like they can talk to people. Obviously, I understand. Obviously, what you're saying. Obviously, the, the Nigerian culture and that that's how you what you don't talk to family about things like that. No. And I, I appreciate <laughs> that. I, for a hundred percent, I appreciate that. One of the things that I was just going to say to you was, mm-hmm. obviously, when, like now, mm-hmm. coming to now, for the listeners and people that are suffering, what advice have yeah. you got for them? Because a lot of people don't realise that eating disorder, uh, an eating disorder and body dysmorphia, it is a form of mental health. And a lot yeah. of people don't realise that. So what advice have you got? that the listeners can take on board and you may be able to help somebody else with. Okay. So um, I'm not an expert, so I'm going to give my, my advice based on what I experienced. And since um, this, uh, this is my self-help tip right now, um, the first part is that if you weigh yourself in two different scales, you never get the, the, exact, same, the exact same weight. So stop doing it. I used to, I used to whenever I go out, there, there's some hawkers here. Um, for 10 shillings, they check out your weight. So I would check my weight somewhere to say 45 kg. I check somewhere it says 50, and I feel like I was dying on the inside. Stop checking out your weight. Your weight is fine. Okay. If, if that if that number has such a big impact on you, it's it's always best to just keep whichever number appeals to you the most and, and forget about the rest. I know it's, it's not the most healthy um, example, but it worked for me. It's like selective picking. 
So I just pick whichever I could honestly, um, I could I could deal with without breaking down. And just go, this is my weight and accept it the way it is. Um, the other thing I did was I started keeping um, tasks like to-do lists. Um, so you, you, you get like a checklist app that will remind me that it's, it's, um, it's breakfast. Breakfast did not have to be something it doesn't have to be a lot because sometimes there is no appetite. You just try to eat something, just one apple or a banana. That that goes a long way. Um, they take lots of water, and you forget to eat at some point. That tends to happen, or sometimes you remember, but there's just no mental or physical energy left. Just push yourself, get up, just eat a fruit. You the chewing is exhausting, I'll be honest. But we just keep doing it and keep doing it, keep doing it. And so have that checklist to remind you eat three times a day, no matter how small, just keep going. Then don't check your, your, your weights because you would never be happy with whatever you are there. You either want it to go up or you want it to go down and nothing will ever make you happy. Well, I think that is amazing advice. And for obviously anybody else that is listening uh, to the podcast, you you've got somebody on this show right now that has been through it themselves they've come out the other side and and they're now wanting to share their story with you to to help you because although there's a lot of people that will go to the therapist and talk to doctors and things like that there is also going to be the people that won't and they'll keep themselves to the cells and they will struggle and struggle and struggle. And unfortunately, in some cases where they can't take it anymore. So I think what you're doing is amazing. And obviously being able to come onto the show, obviously I, I personally want to thank you. And obviously you, you should be proud of yourself for where you've come. I am. So I said I'm proud of myself. It's, yeah, it was a struggle, but I, I've, I've gotten to the point in which I still have my, my to-do list. I still have the tasks to remind me, because sometimes I still tend to forget. <laughs> but at least it doesn't happen all the time anymore. And it's just maybe I'm working and then I forget to eat. But at least I, 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 it's, I'm not feeling guilty about it anymore. You know, um, like like um, sometime last year, I forgot to eat and I felt really bad about it. Because I felt like every progress I had made had disappeared and I was going to end up back there. And so I, I think like now this year, I, I, I think last week I forgot to eat. <laughs> but the guilt was not there anymore. It was more like, okay, it is a honest mistake. Um, eat something now. Don't ignore the app. So I actually got I think three different apps right now to remind me to eat. <laughs> That's all. So, but that's like... <laughs> Until I had an asana, like 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 a project. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the thing is, you that's something that you've done for you. You've you've set yourself reminders. You set yourself tasks yes. to help you, and yes, to remind yourself to eat. Because a lot of people, yeah. uh, myself included, when I'm working and I'm busy, it's not that I don't have time to eat. It's I I just forget. Mm. And and yeah, by the by the end of the day, you can sit there and you're like, I've not had anything to eat today. But by setting those tasks, setting those reminders, it, it's it it's an amazing thing to obviously do to sort of reset your your mindset in a way. And 
at the end of the day, you've you've got to be. I spoke to a chap not long ago, um, similar sort of scenario. He had an eating disorder, and one of the things that he said he keeps telling himself is, "Be you and be proud," because yes, you've had the eating disorder. Yes, you you you've had the body dysmorphia or got the body dysmorphia, but that's part of you. Do what you you need to do to overcome it and get get past them obstacles but at the same time it will never it will always be something that is been it will be part of your life so yes. be 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 you and and be proud of it but that's <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 the be proud of it but <laughs> i'm still not proud of it <laughs> but be proud because you've done what you've done to uh, to get past it, right? That I can be proud of. I, I tried yeah. my best. Yeah. So it it it's part of you, but be proud of what you've done to get to where you are now. Is there any final bits of anything else that you would like to say to the listeners? Before? We, as a society, we have a very interesting definition of femininity and masculinity. It's okay if you if you don't match that exact outlook of what feminine should be like. It's okay if you're not as curvy or you don't have the bust or the behind and all that. It's fine. It, it, you don't have to try to change that. Just accept it and, and forgive yourself and love yourself the way it is. Because uh, I tried to meet that ideal. It never happened. So it's okay if, if as, a, as a guy, you're not as tall, you're not as buff. Um, and no matter how many times you go to the gym, you're not quite hitting that muscle quota you want. It's okay. It's fine. Um, you're so wonderful. Your personality is still there. Your smile is still there. You're still you. It's okay. So you just have to accept that. And then if, if anyone makes um, um, a snide remark, and sometimes it's something as small as saying, oh, you don't look like that. Oh, you should look like this. Just ignore that. Of course, ignoring it is not that easy. Because in my case, um, my friends kept saying, oh, you know, you're not like other girls that are too big all over the place. And that was what insulted to the other girls and pressure on me to remain like this. So it's okay if you don't meet that ideal. It's okay if your body is, is, is not what people think femininity or masculinity should look like. You are still you. And, it's, and be proud of that. Accept that. Well, I think that is an amazing thing to, to finish on. Um, and I couldn't agree more with you so obviously once again from myself and, and the listeners thank you for coming on and sharing everything that you've, you've been through thank you for having me uh...